Welcome to Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis. I am your host, Robin Alexis. And as a mother who birthed two sets of twins and then buried one from each set, I am very familiar with the shock of experiencing loss. Loss can present itself in many ways. It can be the loss of a baby, person, beloved pet, health, career, and more. But we all have to learn how to deal with loss. So how do each of us in our own unique ways cope with loss? This show is an opportunity for our guests to share with us the experience of what they lost and how they coped through it. If you would like to be a guest on Sharing Love and Loss, please email me, your host, Robin Alexis, at spiritladyrobin at gmail.com. That's spiritladyrobin at gmail.com. And to feel more safe contacting me about your personal story of love and loss, please learn more about me, your host, Robin Alexis. Visit my website, robinalexis.com. On today's show, our guest is John Allen. He's going to be sharing with us what it was like to be with his mother as she was in her death process. We'll be right back. Do you crave freedom with joy in your life? Have you ever wished for a life of ease in your mind, body, and soul? Giving and receiving love, Joy Air is a certified emotion code and body code practitioner, and she's accepting new clients now. Call her at 360-582-6595 to find out more about her work and to schedule your appointment. Experience freedom with joy. Call her at 360 360- 582-6595 now. She is amazing. This is Robin Alexis, and I am very, very excited to share with you my new book, Raising Humanity, Why We All Must Remember. It's a book about choosing love. There's 21 inspiring stories by different authors, including myself. The book can be found at Amazon.com. That's Raising Humanity, Why We All Must Remember. Join Mystic Radio for Past Lives, People, and Pets every Wednesday at 12 noon on KKNW 1150 AM. Every Wednesday, you can call into Mystic Radio for a past life reading or a spiritual healing for you and your pets. Robert Alexis is an exceptionally talented intuitive who's identified hundreds of people's past lives. Nels Rasmussen is a renowned spiritual energy balancer who is adept at remote healing for you and your pets. Join us Wednesdays at 12 noon for Mystic Radio on KKNW, 1150 AM. Before I interview my next guest, who is a very sacred soul, I would like to thank the producer of Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis, Eric Ryder, and our sponsor, Joy Air. Without them, this show would not exist, and I wouldn't have this opportunity or the privilege to interview John Allen. Welcome to the show, John. Hi, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And John... The reason why I asked you to be a guest and you graciously accepted is because I'd like you to walk our audience through the experience of loving and then losing your mother. Are you okay with asking me, I mean, me asking you uh, like a series of questions about that? Definitely. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, have that conversation. Okay. So let's talk about you loving your mom. What's your first memory of being a little boy and feeling love for your mother? 
Well, you know, um, I knew you were going to ask me that question. So I thought about that for a little bit and I thought about what is my first memory? And it, it's a little vague. And when I start to think about being that young, there's this protection that comes around me. And um, because, you know, I love my mother. She was a very good mother in a lot of ways, but there were some things that she did that um, weren't very motherly. And so maybe my first memories are around that. When there was a lot of time of stress, you know, her husband left, uh, our father left, and she was raising two young kids on her own. So um, to answer your question, what comes to mind <laughs> is um, we – lived in a house called uh, up on a, a road called Upland Road and it was up on a, a hill of the mountain and then directly next door to it was uh, my my aunt Peggy's house um, and so when mom would put me I think in the crib and I, I don't know I would have to be maybe two-ish or maybe not quite three I'm not sure yet uh, and she would put me in the crib for a nap in the afternoon. And um, so I remember sometimes, and one time in, in particular, a knocking at the window and I looking up, you know, I looked up uh, from the crib and looked out the window. I was rolling over on that side and there was a nature sprite knocking on the window and waving at me, very happy, very excited. And... <laughs> um, for a lot of years, you know, into my adult years, I wasn't sure what that was. And my Aunt Peggy, uh, old crazy Peggy, loved um, clowns. And so her house had stuffed animal clowns and uh, painting clowns and so forth. Um, and her house was haunted. And she didn't know it. I knew it. And so I was under the impression that maybe Peggy put on some clown stuff, you know, years <laughs> later. And that she was coming and knocking on the window. Uh, which she claims never happened. So I remember telling the story, you know, the best I could in little kid ease to my mom and um, that, you know, there was something knocking on the window and it was waving and smiling at me. And, um, and she, you know, kind of said, well, that's not possible. That's, you know, come on, that's someone playing around with you. That's not, you know, she, she refused to believe it, but, and I don't remember, you know, that particular instance, what she looked like or smelled like, I remember her, the sound of her voice um, at that age. And, you know, when I was telling her about the story. So that's like what you recall as early, early on memories. As you matured and became an adult, uh, how did you feel about loving your mother when you, when you were an adult? I love my mother. Yeah, I've always constantly, consistently loved my mother. And then there was on again, off again gaps in our relationship and with uh, my sister and my mother as well. Um, my mother um, was oftentimes very clingy and, um, and, and it was kind of to the point where, you know, you'd want to go off and do your own thing, which I did. So the times it, I have very specific memories about times where um, she, I, when I think about protection, when there was a lightning storm as a little, you know, we were little kids and Kelly, my sister and I would run into mom's room and go and jump and sleep in her bed. And um, because she felt like protection, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so this is uh, throughout my life. It was um, the, the kind of protection. I, I didn't see my mom as the protector but later in life. I saw her as, 
someone that needed protection, someone that needed my help. Uh, and how old were you when your mom got sick? And, and what did she get sick with? Um, my wife and I were in um, the, the, on the island of Kauai in Hawaii uh, last October and the first week. And I was getting phone calls from California, from Kaiser, uh, telling us that um, they wanted to segue a conversation in with my, mo- my mother and I, and they wanted to talk to me about it at the same time. And so we had a series of these conversations over the next couple of days with Kaiser, and they said um, that they feel as though she needs a uh, liver biopsy and that her, mm-hmm. you know, she was having really significant back pain which she called a ruptured disc, which turned out to be a fractured disc. Um, mm. I started getting very concerned that, you know, mom wasn't able to, to go to work. She wasn't able to take care of herself. So she um, cut hair. And so she had clients for many, many, many decades. And she um, wanted, didn't want to disappoint them. She wanted to keep working. She wanted to go, you know, cut a head of hair here and there. And um, so by the time we, I think we were in Hawaii for two weeks. And then during that time, I booked a flight uh, to California. So I flew back to, we flew back to Colorado. And then the next day or so, I flew back out to the Bay Area to, to be with my mother. Um, and within that period of time, things were getting much worse for her. Um, and then they started, um, the, the, the doctors at Kaiser were telling me that the the test results were showing um, a return of, uh, I guess you'd call it colon cancer. Ah, mm-hmm. Uh, which they, so ha- yeah. Yeah, they didn't know at the time, but I think it, they called it uh, uh, the, uh, metastatic, and they said it metastasized into the bones, into osteocytes, and that it uh, made the bones brittle, and which caused a broken um, vertebra on her back at L1 or L2, which was causing her a lot of pain. So your mom sounds like she was pretty adept at ignoring body signals. And uh, you sound like as soon as your mother, you know, needed you, you went to her side. So how long did she like process whether she was going to get some sort of further care or, and, or did she actually go into hospice for a while? Hospice came, but it didn't come that quick. Um, what happened first was we had scheduled a liver biopsy and talking with her doctor at the time, I had multiple conversations with her doctor at Kaiser um, um, over this period of time. And she said, she told me that uh, mom needed a liver biopsy. And if the results showed this, then it's, you know, there's no hope. And if it showed that, um, then, you know, then they would put her on um, a hormone type of balance, which would address the cancer rather than chemo um, enzymes, is what they called it. And so in, in so, this interim of your mom being so sick and you lived in one state and she lived in another, did you stay with her and take care of her that whole time? I stayed with her. So I flew out. My sister was, was there uh, in her little apartment, in, in my mother's little apartment. And um, then I booked a hotel down just around the corner um, because there wasn't enough room in the apartment. So I was there all day and I only going to the hotel to sleep at night and then coming back the next morning. Um, And slowly my mother was visibly and audibly everything degrading um, 
within that week, week and a half that I, I stayed there with her and I, you know, was calling the airlines and extending my stay saying, I can't leave her like this. And my sister was saying, I've got to go home. I've got to care for this. I got to care for that. I got to care for my horse. And so, you know, I, I knew in my mind, I wasn't going back to work. I wasn't leaving, uh, mom. I was going to stay there with her until we could figure this out. Turned out that, so you know, so your sister mm-hmm. left and you stayed and hospice hadn't come yet. Well, no, we were, you know, it takes a few days to hook up with hospice. So we um, started that process through Kaiser uh, because we couldn't get mom to the hospital. It, she was in too much pain to get to the hospital. And so then we found a, I, you know, did some searching and I found a nursing home, a very nice home that was in a uh, room that was in someone's home and, you know, um, very high quality stuff. Mom wouldn't have anything to do with it. She said, no, I'm staying right here. <laughs> wow, that's so it interesting. Yeah, so it was very clear that, you know, I was I, I was staying there with her in her apartment. Um, my sister knew a, a, um, a home care worker and um, her aunt. So it was an aunt and niece um, relationship. And the two ladies came and took shifts. And um, their names, I'll, I'll tell you their names because they, they deserve a lot of recognition here. It's Alma and her... Um, and her and her aunt Nympha, and oh. uh, Nympha and I developed a very strong. You know, she had a very strong motherly relationship, and um, these people are, you know, absolute angels. They don't make human beings like this that <laughs> do what they do uh, anymore. This is this. They are very special people. Well, it sounds like you are too, uh, John. I, this whole time you were missing work and you know organizing things, tending to your mother, respecting your mother. Clearly, uh, were you being compensated from your job? I have plenty of. I've been with the, the job that uh, my employer. I've been with them for so many years. I have plenty okay. of leave, so that wasn't an issue. Well, we're going to go to break here shortly, John, but when we come back, I'd like you to share whether you were with your mom when she took her last breath or not, and would you also share whatever steps you took to take care of her body and the ceremony of uh, whether it was a funeral uh, or burial to help just educate people on possibilities based on what you chose to do. We'll be right back with John Allen loving his mom and losing his mom. Do you crave freedom with joy in your life? Have you ever wished for a life of ease in your mind, body, and soul? Giving and receiving love, Joy Air is a certified emotion code and body code practitioner, and she's accepting new clients now. Call her at 360-582-6595 to find out more about her work and to schedule your appointment. Experience freedom with joy. Call her at 360 360- 582-6595 now. She is amazing. This is Robin Alexis, and I am very, very excited to share with you my new book, Raising Humanity, Why We All Must Remember. It's a book about choosing love. There's 21 inspiring stories by different authors, including myself. The book can be found at Amazon.com. That's Raising Humanity, Why We All Must Remember. 
Join Mystic Radio for past lives, people, and pets every Wednesday at 12 noon on KKNW 1150 AM. Every Wednesday, you can call into Mystic Radio for a past life reading or a spiritual healing for you and your pets. Robert Alexis is an exceptionally talented intuitive who's identified hundreds of people's past lives. Nels Rasmussen is a renowned spiritual energy balancer who is adept at remote healing for you and your pets. Join us Wednesdays at 12 noon for Mystic Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. Okay, thank you so much to our sponsors, and we are back with John Allen. John, we were talking to you about the beautiful last moments that you shared with your mom. So would you share with us right now, uh, were you with her uh, when she took her last breath, and what was that like? I was. um, I was in the hotel that night, and uh, about 6.45 or 7 in the morning, I got a call from Ninfa, who spent the night with her. And said, come be with your mom. So I, you know, um, jumped in the car and ran around and drove around the corner. And by the time I got there, she was um, in her last breath. And And uh, did your sister join you or was it just you and the angel helpers that you had found to be with your mom? You know, Robin, not everybody can go through this. Uh, My sister couldn't. uh, It just wasn't for her she couldn't be there. And so she had left a few days prior to knowing what was coming. Um, so no, it was just myself and, and Ninfa, the uh, healthcare. Well, I'm, re- uh, I'm really glad you brought that up because as people are listening, I think it's really important that we respect our own processes with our comfort of the, the living and deathing process. So thank you for respectfully saying that about your sister. It frees up people to honor their own path. But let's go back to you and your precious moments with your mom. So, you know, the the last few days leading up to this, I should say, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, in the bedroom with mom in her bed. And she, um, she had this beautiful antique bed. And didn't, you know, for the life of me, I don't know why, but she, she didn't want to get out of that bed. Um, and, but the healthcare, the nurses that would come through the day would have to take vitals and do things and, um, and, and give her baths in the, in the days preceding and so forth. And so we brought one of those beds in that goes up and down, um, mm-hmm. the automatic beds. And so had to, very carefully and delicately move mom out of that bed and, you know, across um, into the other bed that goes up and down. And then I took this big, beautiful wood carved headboard that she had on her, her antique bed. And I moved it to the hospital bed. So, you know, it was around her with the footprint mm-hmm. that she maybe would feel like she was in her old bed. Um, and then I How would thoughtful. play, uh, yeah, I would uh, use my phone and play old music for her. You know, some Jim Croce and James Taylor and old Neil Young and things like that that she would remember. And I would watch her face for expressions. And she was getting to the point where she couldn't talk. Uh, she would whisper if she could. Um, and uh, so I would watch her face um, when the next song would come on. The um, The last day when I got there... Uh, at uh, that morning when Ninfa called me and said, come be with your mom. Um, 
I knew immediately what was happening and I knew why I needed to be there. And, um, so I, you know, I, 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 for those weeks when I was coming and going into her bedroom, I would announce myself, I would say, you know, good morning, pretty lady. I'm coming in. Good afternoon, pretty lady. You know, good night, pretty lady. I'm going to go to my hotel and I'll see you in the morning and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I announced myself and I walked in and I said, good morning, pretty lady, you know, um, assessed the situation and, um, and held her hand and whispered in her ear and I talked to her. Um, there was a point by which she wanted to do this liver biopsy and knowing that, as I explained it to her, that, you know, we want these results because then she can go through chemo and she desperately wanted to do that so that she could get better and go back to work and you know, mm. go back to her life. And then at some point, you know, she, th- that day came and went and she said, well, you did, we missed the liver biopsy. You didn't take the liver biopsy. And I said, well, there's no way you can make it to this. You know, you're in too much pain to, to get into a car and, you know, we couldn't get you there. And, um, and then just a number of other things. And then this recognition Robin set in and she looked at me and she said, you know, I, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Can I go? And I said, mm. it's completely up to you at this point. And, you know, and I will be here for whatever choice you make. If you're ready to do this, then, then I'll be here with you. That is so beautiful, John. So then and after you, that, yeah. she... You know, um, there was, you can tell when you've been someone at the end of life process, um, when the spirit is more out of the body than in the body. And there's uh, a life force, a chi, a prana, whatever you want to call it, that um, sort of, I mean, it leaves the body in front of you. Uh, it's, It's uncanny how how simple it is, um, the transition, it's just simply a transition from one consciousness to another. And I constantly tell people, you know, I say, this isn't, you know, my true form. This is one that I've chosen, one of many, you know, and we grow such an attachment to our form to, you know, what we see in the mirror. Uh, but she was okay with it and she slipped out very easily um, and then I understand from a lot of help with your, from your mother that came down. <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. We, we don't have quite the time to go into that. Um, as we move towards the end of the show here, John, would you tell people how you cared for her body? I just think that is so beautiful that you, everything you were with your mom is so beautiful, but would you also share that? Mm, thank you. Yeah, sure. She, um, the process is we had a um, a, a company uh, prearranged for cremation, and um, my mother passed at seven thirty, I think, that morning last October, and uh, I waited for a while until maybe nine or nine thirty or ten o'clock, and then called the company and you know conveyed. Uh, that my mother has left and, and uh, you know, here's all the account numbers and so forth. So I was with her for the next eight hours. Um, 
and it was the most peaceful. The light came into the room. Um, it, Ninfa came into the room. She gave me time with mom as she passed, and then Ninfa came in the room afterwards, and Ninfa was crying and crying, and um, just such a saint, this woman. And uh, I was still, you know, kind of holding, I guess, holding mom's hand, and uh, I was, I, I looked down at her other, at her wrist or her other hand, and Nympha jumped back and she gasped. And I said, what? And she said, she just winked at you. Aww. <laughs> Aww. So, wow. So we let her um, soul um, sort of do its thing for a while. It, the, the spirit, um, when it leaves the body peacefully inhabits the room, the area, the space around the body. Uh, it's a, you know, the transition is, uh, you're, you're met with your, your guides and your guardians and your angels and your team, um, for this process to, to help you along. And, uh, it, it, this is why, you know, the, some cultures do pujas where, um, you let the body sit for days, uh, so that the soul, the spirit can get used to, um, you know, that body is still there, but I'm not in it and mm-hmm. um, get used to this transition in a more relaxed fashion than just, you know, out the door. And so we had plenty of time. Nympha stayed for a little while with me. We, uh, <clears throat> we, I, I started by brushing mom's hair. So, you know, and made her nice and beautiful. She always is. And, uh, then we bathed her body um, and then put on this beautiful dress that I, my sister and I had picked out days before. And put Thank the, you the dress so much. Oh, my God. That is so beautiful. John, thank you so me. much for sharing this. Now, sure. in the last uh, even 30 seconds of my interview with you, what would you like to share with people? That... Um, Death is a natural transition in life. It's, it's simply a transition from one consciousness to another and that we never really die. There is no death. Mm-hmm. It, this is just part of um, our consciousness in each incarnation and it's okay. It, it, it's... Losing a loved one is very, very hard. But to have and acceptance that this is the normal flow. The normal flow. Thank you so much for your interview, John. I'm sure that you have made more people comfortable with death, loving and losing. Thank you so much, John. Namaste. My pleasure. Namaste. The previous program, Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis, was produced by Eric Ryder and was brought to you by freedom with joy. I do invite you to subscribe to Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.